This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. And we're coming to you before the final game of the season. And it's not quite the final game of the season because we've got a few more games to play because Brentford are in the playoffs, as you know. So this is kind of like the old dress rehearsal as it is. The final game of the season before we actually go into the real season, which is uh, going to be hopefully three games. And uh, some people probably look at this and thinking, God, why do we have to play those 46 games? We might as well have just gone straight in and play these final two, or if not three games at the end of the season. My name's Billy Grant and I'm sitting here smiling, thinking about um, hopefully that the weekend's going to be a bit warmer as I'm going to be sitting outside the Globe in the pub watching the final game of the season hopefully not with a parker on freezing me nuts off like you know and i'll be sitting there with laney who's been to the pub the last few times as well and i think he's enjoyed it very much haven't you laney how you doing yeah very good mate i think i enjoyed it a little bit too much uh, a couple of weeks ago but uh, yeah you're right the uh, we, we need some sunshine because it, it makes it all a little bit more bearable to be uh, outside a boozer rather than shivering um uh, we're waiting for the pubs to open and allow people to go in. That'll, that'll happen in a, in a week or two as well. So, uh, yeah, life life's edging back to kind of normality. Um, yeah, but yeah, you're right. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a bit odd getting trying to get this Bristol City match out of the way. Uh, it's it's obviously important in in some respects, but you know, I think I think you know we'll talk about it in a bit. I think some some of the fringe players will, will get get a ninety minutes or get a start. So. That'll help them in their evolution, but uh, we just want to get on with the, you know, the main the main meal now, don't we? You know, we want to know what's who we who we get. You know, who are we going to be playing home and away in the semis, and then, as you say, you know, hopefully get through to the final and finish his bloody job off. Definitely, and tell you something as well, just to put the little note out there for everybody about the match on Saturday, especially you, Sav. I know Sav, Savvy B is going to be listening as well, just to make sure you know the time, because Savvy B always gets the time wrong. The kickoff time for the match on Saturday is actually 12.30. So it's a very early kickoff, 12.30, which is a bit of a... 
bit, bit annoying actually because if you want to try and have a bit of a day out that means you've got to get up very early and get down the pub but on the flip side of it you have got a, a you've, you've got a long tail so that it could be quite dangerous for some people and i've uh, i've done my usual thing as well i've actually arranged a max i'm up in luton at sort of 9 30 in the morning i told the other people i said you've got to kick off at 9 30 because i've got to leave uh, 11 o'clock because i've got somewhere to go and i'm already bombing down the m1 trying to get down to the globe and trying to get there for dead on 12 30 if we can do as well and i'm sure another a lot of other people will be doing the same thing as well and and last saturday i mean i know that you bombed it down the globe to well he didn't quite bomb it down the globe because it wasn't a 12 30 kickoff the watford game we thought it was going to be but because we fluffed it and we didn't actually uh were challenging for automatic promotion which means they left the game at three o'clock you were able to sort of kind of cruise into the grove via sort of kind of a few other places weren't you laney yeah i, I, had, a, I had a meeting business meeting up in town which i you know i arranged for an early one train back out west from waterloo and uh i thought i'd jump off at uh, q bridge i thought well you know i've got uh, there's no point in being in the pub sort of two hours before the game i've got to try and keep try and ration my intake and uh so i walked past uh, new griffin park and just saw uh the kind of like the build-up you know the, the watford coach had just arrived and there was a few people around and I bumped into Marcus Gale as he was coming over the, the bridge from the Great West Road and we had a chat for you know a couple of minutes and uh, nice to catch up with Marcus. He's always he's always a nice nice fella to, to speak to. Um, and then um, I thought I'd mosey down and go straight to the pub and I thought, oh, I ought to hang a left really and go past Griffin Park because I'd seen the you know the uh, the wrecking ball started its 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 dastardly work uh, during that week. And I just wanted a, I wanted a kind of see it's a kind of a morbid attraction I guess, um, and the the Griffin Park books are run out so I need to uh, I need to get some you know small batch of those reprinted and I thought I'll take a couple of pictures, um, it gives me a you know bit of an opportunity to kind of put one of those in I was thinking, and then as I was walking around it just looked so sorry for itself you know the, the Princess Royal was all boarded up and you know looks like it's full of pigeons and. Uh, the ground itself, they, they smashed a hole in the Braemar Road to, to get lorries in. And it looks like Ealing Road's terrace is gone completely, um, or the roof has at least. So, you know, um, just made me think, Bill, you know, do I do I put a, a picture of, of the, the ground in that sort of state in, in the updated book or do I just kind of leave it? What, what would you do, mate? It's a bit of a bit of a conundrum. Well, I think, I mean, if you think of this way, I mean, I, I saw the, uh, the, 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 well, there was the video that was uh, posted up via the, the GPG. Uh, hello, Trevor. How are you doing there as well? You know, um, um, and so it's put up on the GPG, but I think somebody else posted it. Actually, it was, it was uh, Gerhard from the Griffin, because obviously the Griffin's just down the road. So he went down, he posted up a video, then GPG posted up. So it went around and uh, it went around our little WhatsApp group as it is. And I have to admit, I, I didn't, I couldn't click on it. I didn't watch it because I just thought, look, I'm not really funny. I know this is going to happen. And I I don't want to go into some sort of kind of morbid reminiscent thing Look, we know it's going to be coming down i don't particularly want to see it so i didn't actually watch the video i know some other people did and listen that's that's your progress which is cool but i didn't do however i think that when it comes to you laney you're doing a historical book you're talking about what's happened at griffin park and that book is going to be on people's shelves for you know for years to come so 15 20 25 30 years down the line you know when kids grandkids you know great grandkids are looking at griffin park i think they'll be looking back on it and they won't necessarily have the same memories that we have 
about Griffin Park. And it's always good to see a historical um, situations of what happened with it. And I think that that is what's happened to Griffin Park. So it, for, for, for people 30, 40 years down the line, I think it'll be very interesting to see these photographs and for it to sort of kind of give it a, a finite ending as such. Because our finite ending was, uh, was the Swansea game. When we went there afterwards, the Swansea game, we stood outside there and the lights went off. For me, that's my finite ending of Griffin Park. And it's quite a good one because at least we beat Swansea the cheat. So, you know, if, <laughs> if, if anything else kind of, kind of uh, it goes down there, it's the fact that, you know, I can say I saw Griffin Park in a good light on its final day, you know, when we got to the playoff final. But I think for you, Laney, you're a historian. So I think you need to uh, document the history. Okay, yeah, that's, that's good advice. I'll, I've, I've got one that's kind of subtle. It's got, a, you know, it says demolish, careful demolishing or whatever, and it's got the Brentford on the, on the side of the stand. Maybe that's, may, maybe I'll use that one rather than the equivalent of the actual sort of heart monitor flatlining when there's like nothing left of the place. I don't think anyone wants to see that picture. Maybe just, as you say, just kind of something to close it as a as a kind of a record rather than the actual gratuitous act of death itself. So, yeah, OK, I'll, I'll take that on board. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So listen, anyway, look, you know, this season, the end of the season, it's been a little bit of a kind of, I don't want to say damp screw because that's probably not fair. I think for us it's good because what we've done is that we've actually got uh, our promotion place booked very early. We've got our pos- third position booked very early. And so have all the other promotion place or playoff place teams as well. They have got their, and I meant playoff place for us as well. These playoff teams have booked their places very early. So in a way, it's a damp script because we haven't got that last minute hoping um, last kick of the season is somebody going to score a goal in the 93rd minute to get themselves a playoff place or automatic promotion thing going on. So it's, uh, like I said to you, it's a little bit of a kind of a, a dead rubber, uh, the final games of the season to a certain extent. I think for the teams below us, I don't know whether or not they're thinking, I don't really care who I play. And if they do, they don't, they're not going to really go for it or whether or not they're thinking we want to miss Brentford. So, or we want to miss Bournemouth. So they're actually trying to work out what they're going to do final game of the season. Very unlike, I'd say the bottom of the league where we're sitting there, we're going to the globe on Saturday. Again, if you should definitely check the globe out, they've been doing some great stuff and they're going, they're actually booking for the inside of the globe in a, in a week's and so's time. So go and definitely email them to just find out if you can get in there. Cause listen, they've been working really hard, you know, throughout the whole, of the year and they've obviously been hit just like all the other pubs as well so you know just go down there and give them a bit of support but you know what i said to you on saturday we're going to be watching the bees game which is a bit of a dead rubber but the big game obviously is the sheffield wednesday versus derby game and we're trying to work out you know how we can actually see the sheffield wednesday and derby game are there going to be sort of two laptops side by side as you're watching one and the other and that is kind of the slightly exciting end to the season that we kind of you know could have had at the top end of, uh, you know, top end of, of, of the division, but we haven't got it. But like I said to you, you know, um, we've got the playoffs to come in a few weeks' time. You know, we're going to be put ourselves in for the playoffs and, you know, it's it's going to be very excited. But coming back to last week, Watford, we played Watford. We thought we were going to um, have a big game against Watford and it'll be the promotion game, but it wasn't. However, doesn't really matter too much because we had a wicked match against Watford. It surprised me. I know it surprised you, Laney. It surprised everybody else. We're going to take a little break. And after the break, Will, the spreadsheet winker, is going to tell us what was so good about Watford and looking forward, what could he expect for the Bristol City game? Spreadsheet winker, it's a winker, and it does seem good when it 
Spreadsheet This was certainly a different match to when we played Watford last. That game was a tense affair. Ethan Pinnock's red card and Ivan Tony's penalty equalised at the main events. Whereas here, we saw a Watford team firmly on the plane, seats reclined and promotion champagne in hand. In terms of XG, Bees made 1.85 and Watford 0.65. Watford had one big chance all match, coming from Gosling in the 11th minute, who forced a good save from Raya after Norgard lunged for the ball and ended up out of position at centre-back. That's the second time he's done that recently, so hopefully the coaches will be working on his positioning when tracking attackers back towards goal. Apart from that chance, at 0.38 xG, comfortably more than half of their attacking output for the match, the Hornets only managed speculative shots from range or difficult narrow angles inside the box. On the other hand, the Bees looked strong and clinical in attack. Canos' 15th minute opener was a perfect example of how to counter-attack through midfield. Excellent passes from Bidstrup and Fossu, teeing up Canos, who cut the ball back across goal to Force, who blasted home from a difficult angle. And Tony's unselfish dummy run was also instrumental in allowing Force to convert the 42% chance unhindered. Force now has seven goals from 6.95 xG this season and has scored more than 50% of his 12 shots on target, an impressive tally. And finally, Ivan Tony's 30th goal this season came from the penalty spot in the 60th minute to put the game to bed. That was automatically a 77% chance. On the face of it, it looks like the Bees had an easy ride here, and some of the metrics do bear that out. There are only 20 aerial duels for the Bees defenders in this match, less than half of the season average of 45. But Watford actually pressed us quite high, regularly in the match down to 5 or 6 passes per defensive action. Bees, on the other hand, seemed to sit off a bit more this game, averaging 13.9 PPDA. That's our most relaxed press since we pissed a 2-0 lead up the wall against Derby in March, at the height of our slump. It suggests that we were happy to let Watford play in front of our defence, and that our defenders were confident that their forwards would not be up to the job of putting ball in net. Happily this time, they were right, but against Derby it backfired massively, and I expect this pressing metric to plummet come the first playoff game. So, on to the Bristol City then. They're a frustrating team for their fans to watch. They concede an average of 0.6 more XG than they create in an average game, and almost 0.7 more than Brentford create on average. They're also not high pressers, so the Bees attackers should expect plenty of time to pass the ball in front of the defence, with an average of 12.3 PPDA. They seem not to have found a formation they like, playing 5-3-2, 4-2-3-1 and 4-3-3 in their last six games. They also end up passing long, nearly 4% of the time more than Brentford, indicative of a defence unhappy with the ball at their feet. So a high press from the Bees to put them under pressure when they have the ball at the back will be a surefire way to carve out some opportunities against XB keeper Dan Bentley. Bentley's conceded an average of 1.27 expected goals per game, whereas David Rea has an average XCG of just under 1. Bents also faces a hell of a lot more shots than Rea does, 40 more over the season which suggests that he's a lot worse protected than David is, so the higher expected conceded goals isn't entirely his fault. Dividing the total expected conceded goals by the total number of shots faced over the season gives a better idea of the quality of the keeper, whether or not they force the striker into more difficult shooting positions, etc. Bentley gets 0.31 XCG per shot faced, and Rea gets 0.26, suggesting that David is much better at making it harder for the striker to score than Bentley is. So Watford... Apparently they gave us an easy ride. Not sure about that. I'd like to give us a little bit of credit in that game. You know, I think we did all right. I mean, Rockford laid off the pressing on us. Uh, I mean, are they a high-pressing team? Again, oh, I can't know. The will would know, the, the will, the winker. But the, the fact is that we, we know that we can play well 
uh, against certain teams and uh, maybe the Watford wasn't the biggest barometer as to whether we can do but I think the Bournemouth game the week before was a good barometer that maybe we are getting back on check so uh, I mean listen that Watford game it, it filled your heart with a little bit of joy didn't it Laney? Yeah, I thought I thought we, we gave a really good account of ourselves. You know, um, Watford. Okay, fair enough. They 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 already tied it all up. They may not have been you know fully on it or you know um, at their sort of uh, you know at their best. But they, it's a game they probably still would want to have won or not lost. And I I just thought we were you know pretty good from start to finish. And uh, you know uh, it was nice to see Tony get his thirtieth goal. I mean I think that's probably you know the the, the cherry on the cake. Was the fact that he, he he's got that off his back now, um, and you know I don't expect him to start at Bristol City. Um, he's got nothing to prove now. He, he he can kind of just kind of do a little bit of you know R and R and just get himself keep himself fit for for the you know uh, Tuesday week. Um, and you know we, we I guess waiting just to see how the other results pan out. Um, on Saturday, just to uh, to uh, to see who we get, you know, I, you know, with Watford, I know we've got them out of the way, but you know, they they're you know they they've got um, they they've got Swansea on Saturday, haven't they? So right. it's 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 you know there's still something to play for for them, and then you know Norwich have got Barnsley, um, so we probably want both of those. You know the the top team and the and the second team to win again. Um, you know Bournemouth, Bournemouth are at home. Um, they got Stoke, so you know it's it's trying to work out. You know where it got us. It got you know Watford beating Watford got us over the line, um, and it just helped make our sort of our playoff picture a little bit clearer. We know that we're going to be at home second. We just need to sort of like see how the rest of the results pan out um, and see who, who, who we actually play now. But, uh, you know, in my mind, Watford is still wankers, Bill. <laughs> they are. And if you want to check it out, check out the um, post-match podcast from the pub. Uh, we did a post-match podcast as we do now, you know, because we're down the pub every week. And uh, like I said to you, it's like old school, like we are on the terraces where you literally stick a microphone under somebody's nose straight after kickoff. And we have 15, 20 minutes of people just telling us exactly what they think. And that uh, post-match podcast from the pub from the Watford game is actually very good, very funny. It was a lot of fun, lots of singing. You've got to definitely check it out. There's lots of singing in there in the pub and also you can hear Jimmy Mack actually invented a new song on the podcast pretty much so I was actually trying to finish the podcast or start the podcast off and he was behind this you know sort of kind of just like you know um inventing a new song um the Ivan Tony song you know um Ivan Tony uh scores all night long and he scores all night long doesn't he Laney yeah, go and go and listen to it. I'm I'm not going to do it justice if I sing it now. But I mean, I, I, you need you need six six pints of pride really before you before you approach before I get a chance to uh, sort of recreate that. Yeah, go go and give it a listen. We'll actually we might we might cut it and we might put it out and uh, get it ahead of the playoffs because you know there's a chance fans are going to be inside the stadium and it'd be quite nice to uh, give Ivan Tony uh, a new song before That's he right. before before he goes. <laughs> That's right. You know, so uh, yeah, he does it all night long. He scores goals. He does it all night long, especially if he's in the side. But anyway, like I said to you, check out that post-match podcast as well. But like I said to you, you know, Watford, um, they came there. We got the result. And uh, like I said to you, I was I was very I was very happy. You know, I, I was I was delighted. And like I said to you, the thing I was most delighted about is that we're coming into a bit of form. 
as we go into the playoffs. And I, and I said this before from time, you know, even though we weren't winning before, we weren't losing. And also the fact is that the fact that we're not letting in goals, if you ain't letting in goals, mate, then people can't beat you unless they do it on penalties. And uh, for me, that's that's a good sign because I know that you're very happy with meeting Barnsley in the playoffs. You're not very happy, but, you know, out of all the teams, you're, you're probably the happiest that you've got. Uh, Barnsley frightened the bejesus out of me. Like, you know, and I'm, I'm just, I'm, because the thing is, I just don't, we don't know what to get with Barnsley. So I'm actually really scared. So in a way, I kind of want to meet him because I think technically we should beat them. And it's not a teams like Barnsley thing. I'm just thinking out of all those teams, Barnsley, you know, last season relegated, very, very good team. You know, they're up there, but you know, where we are, we can't put ourselves down. In principle, we should do. However, they're so unpredictable. They actually scare me a little bit. I mean, don't they scare you a little bit, Laney? No, no, it's, it's just like it's like being afraid of the boogeyman. I just, I, I just don't, I just don't think, you know. Yeah, okay, they, they have beaten us in the last two visits to, to you know, to Griffin Park and New Griffin Park, and you know, it, we are, we we have been unstuck by them. But you know, it, it's it's we, we know what we get with them. We do know that they're gonna they're gonna press us high. Um, it's, it's a very very high, you know very very energetic high press, and they won't let us settle. But they can't do that, I don't think, over two legs. If they, if, you know, we, we've got the ammunition, we, we've got the wherewithal, and we've got a new system now that, that should cope with that a little bit better. Um, I, I'm not actually that worried. I, I think we've got the beating, beating of them in both legs, but certainly over two. Uh, we've, our record at their place is, is pretty good. Um, and you know we, we, we owe them. Um, I think they've kind of done brilliantly. Obviously, you know they're they're the, they're the team of the season, really, the unexpected package of the year. Um, I'm slightly just a little bit more worried about you know Swansea and and and, and um, Bournemouth. Probably Swansea's form is you know it's, it's awful. Um, so you know so on current form you wouldn't be overly worried. But on their day they they're they're a really good team. So I'd rather have the really good teams over one game and, uh, you know, just, just kind of like minimise that risk of coming up against a team that just all of a sudden hits fire. Um, you know, Bournemouth, we, you know, we, we've, we've done the double over them. Uh, they owe us um, and, you know, they're, they're a cracking team. So, you know, I, I, I fear them probably more than anyone else. So I certainly don't want them over two legs. Um, and it, that will be probably one of the, you know, you know, potentially one of the greatest matches, you know, when we've seen recently. I think two teams that will really, really play some beautiful football. And uh, if, if the nerves don't get the better of either team, I think, you know, there'll be plenty of goals in that. So something to look forward to, stroke fear. Nil all on penalties then, Laney, yeah? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Well, if, if, I, if Ivan Tony can take every single one of them, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. But yeah, yeah, as I said, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to lose sleep or get to, uh, you know, give, give Barnsley too many props. You know, they've done brilliantly well, um, you know, and uh, but we owe them and I think we're, we're a better team than them. We definitely owe them. You know, I'd say 100% we owe them. But look, you know, listen, we could talk as much as we can do about this game. Um, the, the Watford game but it's not really about that it's about how we're preparing from the playoffs and I know you've been having a little peep around Laney about the, the playoffs and how we're going to be preparing what kind of players you know maybe what kind of formation are we going to be resting people what's your thoughts? Well formation wise I, I don't expect 
any any changes at all. I think you know that's that's uh, the system now that Thomas Frank and the players have, have you know been playing the last few weeks. Uh, they're they're unbeaten playing that way. They uh, seem to be growing into that. Um, whether Rico Henry is, is is out for all of the, the remaining fixtures, you've got to assume he is. Um, and whether whether there's a you know an unexpected groovy treat later on, we'll 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 see. But then again, you know, would he be match fit? So we we've got options at, at left back now. We've got three options, haven't we? You know, we've we've got um, Canos, and we've got Mbwemo, and obviously we've got Mazbek if 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 we have to. So we've got we seem to have uh, the left side covered. Right side, um, it, 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 it seems to be all right now without Dow's guard. Um, so I, I, I don't expect to see any changes in formation, no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's playing really well on the right. I mean, he's sort of kind of, he's, he's really mad again on, on the right. It's really kind of, he picked his game up, hasn't he? Because, I mean, initially, you know, there was words saying, you know, he's going to be, uh, you know, this is Roslev, he's going to be a fantastic player. But obviously the pressure's on because he's come into a side which is a top six, top stroke, top three side. And he has to play like a top three side player and come in straight away. And he had a couple of games, which I have to say, and he would say as well, probably a little bit ropey. And we were a little bit nervous about him being there, but he's really stepped up to the plate, hasn't he, Laney? Yeah, I, I think he has. Yeah, he, he's um, he's got that confidence, and I think that you know the Coventry game where he came in and it really didn't work, and he, he seemed to get too nervous. He was he was kind of hesitant and reticent to go past his man and get into the you know get into that sort of like the final third and to 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 do all of the things that he, he did at Preston. You know that Preston match probably gave him all the all the sort of confidence he needed and you know it it, it gave him that freedom I think and to, to know that you know we've got you know another couple of players at the back will slot in um and I, and I think like Bidstrup as well I think Mads Bidstrup I thought he had a he had a really really impressive match at uh, against Watford and you know I, I I guess he'll he'll be starting again and there's, there's a couple in there that you know need I, I think they need game time you know Tarek Fosu is someone that's you know we, we know he's capable um he, he still blows a little bit hot and cold for me um and in you know in 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 this system um in the middle roaming around a bit I think again that, that's, that's really playing to his strength um Marcus Force he, he'll probably start again I would, I would have thought um so yeah, there's lots of pluses there's lots of pluses and uh, I, I just I, I honestly think you know there, are, there might be a couple of fringes that come in as well. You know, do do question, do we have to risk David Dave Raya? You know, probably not for this game. Luke Daniels, he's he hasn't he hasn't been involved for uh, since the you know the, since the uh, Caribou Cup runs finished and the FA Cup games went. Um, maybe he will get a start. You've got Winston Reid, who's who's been on the bench. Probably, maybe, maybe not. But you know, there's, there's, we might have to call upon him, and you know, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a good opportunity to to get some sort of like you know first team minutes in his legs coming on a sub. Charlie Good, um, I expect him to start. He, he, you know, he came on and and looked decent. Um, Marcondes probably will start. And we've got like Finn Stevens, um, Lewis Gordon. Uh, there's these like peripheral players that you know whether they all get starts or not, are, we'll see. But Thomas Frank will be tempted to to start you know weaker and then get stronger if he has to. You know Ivan Tony might come on second half, uh, but personally I, I wouldn't risk I wouldn't risk probably three of of, of, of that 
uh, you know, a first team that started on Saturday. I, I, I wouldn't necessarily risk Norgard. Um, Canos, I'd be I'd be reluctant to, to start. I think you know, have him on the bench, use him if you have to. Um, and David Raya is is one I think that I, I think you know, we'd our hearts would sink if he got injured. And you know, that's not that's not slagging off the reserve goalie, but I just think David Raya's head and shoulders the best goalkeeper in this division on his day, and he's you know he's capable of fluffs. We know, but you know we we need him fit. Uh, listen, I'd, I'd, I'd gonna, I would add t- Ivan Tony to that. I know people are saying it's going to be really difficult to say to Ivan. I know you want the 31 goals, you want the record, you want the championship record, mate. But I'm sorry, we're going to put you in cotton wool for this weekend. But for me, you know, it's just it's just too big a risk having Ivan Tony trip over a twig and you know and do his hamstring or something like that with you know with the playoffs on the horizon. But you know, who's gonna who's gonna make that call? Maybe it might be Ivan Tony has to sit on the bench and. Uh, and he comes off for the last 15 or he, you know, he comes on and then he scores a goal and then he goes off. I, I don't know, but we don't seem to have a tendency to uh, to bring a player off after 15 minutes, do we? Have <laughs> he scored in the sixth minute? Would we uh, substitute him? That's the question. Laney, what do you think? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a bit, not question, are we not? Tony, Ivan Tony's got nothing to prove this season, but I'm... I, there are a couple of alarm bells in my head. Whether whether we'd dare drop him, I, I think he's. I think he's such a strong character. I I, I got a feeling that he'd, he'd, ref, he'd refuse to be dropped. Mm-hmm. I think it might it might end in a it might end in a sort of a bust up. And I, I don't know. I've got nothing. You know, I can't I can't pin that on anything. But I just I just think he's such a strong personality that it seems that whatever Ivan Tony wants, Ivan Tony kind of gets. And um, you know, I, I, I think whether that's a, whether that's a plus or a, or, or, in, or a minus, I'm, I'm not quite sure. But I think we we have been very reliant. Some say over reliant, but I, I don't see it that way. You know, you play to your strengths. We bought a we bought a goal goal scorer in to replace uh, um, replace. Um, oh, my head's gone. Uh, what, Mr. <laughs> Oliver Watkins. Ollie Watkins. Sorry, yeah, brought a goal scoring machine into brought Ollie Watkins. And he's, you know, he's, he's, we we played to Ollie's strengths last season, and we're playing to uh, Ivan's. This, you know, it's 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 just it's worked a dream, um, and it's interesting. It's going to be fascinating to know whether we can keep him, whether we go up, or whether we don't go up. It's, uh, that's a, that's a that's a conversation we'll have in a minute as well. I think that is a conversation that we're going to have right now. I'll tell you something. We'll take a little break, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about whether or not we're going to go up whether or not we're not going to go actually we're not going to talk about that but we're going to talk about promotion and maybe a few little combinations and maybe a few little player things rotating around whether or not we go up or not next season so let's have a little break and we'll come back straight after this twang so i'm not going to uh i'm not going to jinx anything by saying we're going up because I really, I'm actually tell you something. I'm, I'm, I'm at the, I'm at, I'm at the, I'm at the stage now. To be quite honest with you, where I'm thinking, I'm actually so relaxed with this at the moment now. I know I'm going to be very nervous when these playoffs come, but I'm thinking about this compared to last season. I mean, I'm, I'm doing the um, second tier podcast. We've got a little debate thing going on with all the teams in the playoffs um, at the of next week. So the second tier podcast is going to be out on Monday. But check that out and. Uh, and I was just sort of thinking, they're going to be obviously talking about how you're feeling now, your 10th playoff, and uh, do you think you're going to do it? And I was just thinking, well, to be honest with you, how, how do I feel? I actually feel 
probably more relaxed now than I did last season because last, but in a way, last season I expected us to go up. I thought we were going to go up because I thought that we were good enough. The players we had were good enough. We were playing Fulham. I thought everything, you know, was just lined up for us to go up, and we were just playing some fantastic football. This year, I just think that um, I, I'm kind of a little bit more relaxed about it, and I I don't really know. I would like to say we're going to go up. And I'd like to think we're going to go up. And I know that we've got good enough players. We've got the top score in the league. We know we've done all the right things. We finished in third place. We technically should do. And, and I think the one key thing about us going up is I think the fact is I think we've rested. We've learnt from last season where I wouldn't say we rested on our laurels last season, but we, I think when we played that Stoke game and that, and that Barnsley game, we kind of just went into it and just thought, yeah, let's do the same old thing. <laughs> oh no, it's not working. Oh no. And we sort of panicked. And so we kind of came a little bit, little bit unstuck in the last two games of the season where we weren't really able to change it up. And then we got through Swansea and then the Fulham thing came again where Parker sort of kind of tucked us up a little bit and we just weren't able to switch it up. Whereas I think that I'm, 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 I'm thinking and hoping that the mistakes that we might have made in that time when we talked about where our extra year dropped and, you know, it seemed like our season had just the bottom had fallen out of our season. We'd worked out so many things that we need to do if we need to flip it up that we're kind of like resurrecting ourselves at the back end of the season so for me I'm thinking I'm a little bit more relaxed because I'm not expecting last season because we weren't like on fire like that but I'm thinking that we may have sorted out enough things for us to get ourselves out of a little pickle if we need to and if we need to flip things up in the playoffs again I'd like to think that we will be able to do that Laney I mean I know that you were talking about us going up potentially and but you were looking at that, what other players that we might have been able to bring back I mean I don't think we'd be able to bring any of these players back for the playoffs because we've got a number of players out on loan but you've noticed that they've got a few players that are out there that seem to be doing have a little bit of success uh elsewhere isn't it yeah we've 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 got you know quite a few sort of like long-term loans players out like julian jean vier um joel valencia um halil devasoglu um so it's interesting obviously we keep we don't keep that close an eye on it but obviously with the, the season coming to an end it's always it's always good to kind of see how, how they've got on um from two of them in particular I've, I've had really really uh you know uh positive uh exciting I, i'd say uh loan spells away from brentford if they're not going to get silverware with us this year they, they, they there's a good chance they're going to get it um with their loan clubs joel valencia in particular he's uh he'll be he's, he's part of a leisure warsaw team that have already clinched the championship in what is called the extra 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 blah, blah 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 so i don't speak polish um so yeah they're, they're top flight uh so well done well done to him and um, um halal devasoglu scored uh, for galatasaray at the weekend he started he scored just before half time uh galatasaray currently third uh, in the Super League in in, in Turkey, uh, and they're they're th- they're one point behind Fenerbahce, and uh, they're uh, six points behind Besiktas, uh, with three games to play. But they they play Besiktas on Saturday, so you know there's there's a chance that another one of our players could could win a, you know a championship medal or if not a runners up medal in in one of Europe's strongest divisions. So. Both qualify for the Champions League, um, you know, 
maybe with a qualifier, but uh, it's 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 obviously been worth both of their whiles to to, to be away. That's certainly a more productive time than sitting on the bench or or, or guesting for the B team. Uh, so yeah, so well done to pair the pair of them, and it's it's interesting to to, to think. You know, I mentioned about Ivan Tony. Um, I know he's signed for you know until 2025, uh, but you know the the rumours have started. You know this, the, the 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 clickbait sites and the you know the the, the rumour mills have West Ham sniffing round him. Um, there, there's going to be a host of clubs that that are interested in Ivan Tony, and you know as as I said, you know Ivan Tony seems to to do what Ivan Tony wants, and that's part of his game. You know he's just part of his ruthless goal scoring. Um, run a form this year um, and you know he, let's be honest you know he, he didn't come to, to Brentford to, to for, for Brentford necessarily he came here for Ivan Tony um, as a stepping stone as, as as you know as a step up from Peterborough and you know an opportunity to put himself in the window to to get the, the move of his lifetime and I think if that if there's a, even a sniff of that um, that happens uh, between now and the end of the season and over the summer He'll be he'll be an expert for player, I'm sure, and it could be a chart. You know, it could be an example of, you know, as fans, we we, we may not have only only ever seen him once, twice, or three times, and uh, you know that that's it'll be it'll always be one of our greatest players that we never really saw in the flesh. So that would be an odd situation. Yeah, um, it's interesting and, just to say that. Sorry to interrupt you, Laney. The, the the word on the street that I've heard is, and I remember I said this last year about um, Ollie Watkins which obviously we couldn't find out if it's true because he left us in the end. But the word last season was that if we had stayed up, Ollie Watkins was 100% going to stay with Brentford. And that's what probably made me the most gutted about actually not going up last season because, you know, as I said before, and, you know, Ollie Watkins was going to play for England. And so if he'd gone up, he would have gone up with us and then played for England. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, as a Brentford player playing for England, that for me would have been one of the proudest moments. Uh, you know, the word on the street is that, you know, if we go up, um, Ivan Tony is also going to, you know, it's about to stay with Brentford, you know, which is uh, which is not uh, which is not um, you know unbelievable because I just think you know where is Ivan Tony going to go? It's interesting if you speak to you know anybody out there, um, all the Premier League fans are all going, oh yeah, everyone's after Ivan Tony. But the fact is that you know where will he go? Will he go to Brighton or Newcastle? Or you know, it's it's again you know if Brentford go up there, is it better? You know, the devil that you know. You know, and you, you go with a the club, they know exactly how you play. You know, we've got the, the ability because we have, you know, more money in the coffers to go actually buy more players, but we're not going to spend sort of 40 million or, you know, 100, 160 million like Aston Villa did on a load of players that sort of didn't really work. You know, so for Ivan Tony's, you're thinking, actually, tell you something, this might actually kind of work with me because I'll actually, you know, I'll be in a team here that kind of like I know and I can grow with. So, that is one of the that is one of the plus points I think of us going up. I could think of quite a few others as well. So you know that's just to, you know just to to, to to counter what you're saying there as well, Laney, which is a which is a very interesting point. Yeah, and and it gives us you know uh, do we bring Halil back next year anyway? Um, Marcus Force, I, I don't think you know he's going to go anywhere. I think that you know the, the coaches love him. Um, you know it, it, it's going to be interesting. And talking about last year for the last time, I don't want to keep going over it, but you know Ben Rama 
Um, he, he had an absolute blinder um, up at Turf Moor against Burnley on uh, on Monday night. He set up, set up a goal and um, he almost set up you know two or three. He he deserved to score as well. So it's great to see him at last kind of getting a chance to to shine. Um, the kind of form, uh, the Ben Rama that, that we that we knew and loved. Indeed. So I mean, Laney, I'm just wondering next season. I mean, I know you talked about these different combinations. If you were Thomas Frank, what would you do? Because I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, okay, listen, Halil. I know we didn't see very much of him. He's gone off to Galatasaray. He's only just started to get a start for him. I don't know whether it's not he was injured or what the situation is. He obviously really wants to be out there. He's from Turkish descent. You know, when fans are back in next season, they're going to be absolutely potty for it over in Galatasaray. And uh, I don't know. I just I've got a feeling that he kind of he, he wants out. I've just got a feeling. This is just me that he wants out, that he wants to be a situation where he's playing, playing football all the time? Um, or is it a case that Brentford go, actually, mate, you look all right. You know, next season, we're going to be whatever league we're in. You're going to be top boy. We bring him back in. And the, and the same thing with, you know, I've, I've, I believe with Valencia, I believe there is already a pre-written deal um, that, you know, he's going to be sold, I believe, to, to whatever team it is. And I think it might have been, I think it's only maybe two or three million euros, I think it was. And this is just me thinking at the top of my head, because this is nine months ago when this has happened. So maybe Valencia has gone already. So maybe he's not part of the conversations. But I'm just wondering, you know, where would you stick and where would you twist, Laney? If I'm being honest, I think we ought to talk about this um, probably in, in a fortnight, just to have a little bit more clarity. But what I will say is, if we don't go up, I go. I if and I was Thomas Frank, I'd be straight in for a meeting with the DOFs to urge them to give me the money and give me the players to to, to finish the job off next year. I think we probably will need either way. Either if we go up, we obviously you know it's clear we're going to have to you know break the bank and bring in a load of players if we've got any chance of surviving. You know this team I think has done pretty well with the injuries uh, to, to 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 clinch that third place. It's still not it's not been good enough. Um, so regardless of whether we go up or not, I, I honestly think there's a bit of a rebuild going that needs to happen. I think there's players that are still doing a, a decent job for us, but they're not top, top, as, as someone else might say, uh, players over over the course of the whole season. On the, We need consistency. And I think that's, that's what Watford and, and Norwich have shown us, that they were more consistent and they were stronger in depth. And I know... You know they've got the parachute payments, and I know that they've probably got that extra bit of Premiership class, as as Bournemouth undoubtedly have on their day as well. Um, we're always going to struggle with that, but I, I think we need, I think we need five players, whether we go up or whether we stay down, and and they might be slightly different in terms of their experience and their cost, but they're probably all going to be in the same positions, Bill. Indeed, indeed. So listen. Let's go over to JB because he's got some facts and he's got some funk and he's going to give us some end of season facts and funk. Hello, Jonathan Birchall here again. After four games without a goal, Ivan Tony became only the sixth Brentford player to score 30 or more league goals in a season. 
He also became the first to reach 30 in his first season with the club when playing in the top two tiers. He was again partnered with Marcus Force up front. It's still very early days for their partnership, but we have a very good record with a front two pairing of players starting with the surname of F and T. In the 1990s, there was the FT index of Nicky Forster and Robert Taylor scoring 68 league goals in 102 games they started together. Whilst back in the 50s and 60s, there was the terrible twins of George Francis and Jim Towers, who scored 203 league goals in 189 joint league starts. Force and Tony are now on a total of seven goals from the seven league games they both started. Saturday took our points total to 84, the highest we've achieved in the championship seasons. Compared to last season, it's one more point than West Brom gained when securing second place. With the absence of the club's social media at the weekend, it took our supporters back to the days of the Andy Scott era of 2009, to a match day before the club's Twitter and Facebook existed. There was of course still the club's website, which was launched when David Webb was still manager, a quarter of a century ago. So there you go, JB with his facts and his funk. I, I sit here, Lane, every week and I just think, where does he, where does he get this from? I mean, th- those, those, what he just came out of there, that was just like, that was just properly random. It was just out there, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I, I did actually last, like the last two. I, I, quite, I quite like the thinking back to an era when there was no social media. I think actually that, that, sounds, that sounds like a, a, a better world than the one we're at at the moment. Um, obviously, it's got its pluses as well, but you know, it's, uh, I think it was a bit more sane world. And the fact that it's 25 years since we had our first website. And I think so. the first besides site, I think, was a bit more than that. You know, we, we had a website before the, the club did. And... Um, it's, uh, it just seems, uh, again, it, it, almost impossible to imagine a world where the internet doesn't exist and, you know, just how it changed. It's, it has just every part of our lives, you know, whether it's finance, communication, love, you know, uh, ordering food, paying bills, it, literally everything is done through the internet. And, you know, it's just, again, to tell kids or even anyone in their early 20s like it, it well this didn't exist you know you know like when we even trying to arrange away games bill you know you're saying that you know you was passed around on a bit of paper or you told people when you were with them the previous week like i, know, I used to mail, i used to mail them i used to go to, to work yeah. and i used to spend the whole time instead of bloody programming well, the, my computer the franking machine i'd <laughs> just be writing letters on the on, on the word processing program i think it was called what mm. is it I can't remember what it's called word processor uh-huh. you know mail and then printing it out and then putting it into envelopes and then putting it into the british telecom mailing office like you know so that it could mail out mm. and get to you hopefully by sort of kind of the wednesday of the week so you'll get all the information but that's that is that was our social media like you know and, and the fact is that because it was done in that way you didn't have a, a dirge of information coming to you you loved it because you know all of a sudden it's like you've got a letter in the post saying that there's going to be a trip to uh, you know to to Carlisle or something like that. Everyone would be absolutely foaming at the mouth, going, "This is absolutely brilliant!" But now there's just so much information, people just kind of just cut off the whole time because you have to be able to cut off. Because if you don't cut off, you'll just be just deluged with just too much information, like, you know. So uh, and, uh, and, if, and if you wanted, if you actually wanted to scream abuse and hate at someone, you had to do it to their face, and it was a good <laughs> chance. It was it was a good chance that they were going to see who it was and come another word, which which I won't I won't name him, but I, I remember one of our extended crew um, was given Charlie Nicholas um, who was playing for Arsenal 
loads of grief at the uh, Evening Standards five-a-side tournament one one year. It would have been early 80s. And um, he, Charlie Nicholas remembered him and then came and found him in the concourse after the game. And there was like... It, they were, there was chasing going on around <laughs> around pillars, etc. So I, I don't think I don't think Nicholas actually caught him, but he he had every intent to. So, so, uh, so, so and what was the guy say? He's probably say to him, "You're not fast enough, Nicholas." And uh, he came out afterwards, afterwards, and he actually proved the point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I, I I couldn't even begin to remember or repeat what was said, but it, it couldn't have been nice. <laughs> yeah, well it is well again it proves your point as well and i've said to you is if anyone, anyone anyone wants to say anything you know they know where you are come down the pub face to face i'll sit down and have a conversation with anybody about anything but most people out there um social media on their clueless they they hide their faces keyboard warriors because there's we and we use the word shitters as they call them. and like i said to you last weekend we blacked out on social media as you know as a lot of football did from friday to to monday we blacked ourselves out completely and the reason why we just did it for the cause because uh just highlight the fact that you know well to be quite you there's a lot of idiots out there and we're just not very happy with them and football decided that they were going to black out some people weren't happy with that because they're thinking the football authorities they think by going off social media for three days, you're going to cure racism. No, that's not the point. No, 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 that is not the point. Of course, it's not going to cure it. But what it does is it causes conversation and causes people to talk about it. And hopefully it doesn't go away. I believe that if you don't do anything, then things will not happen. If you if you actually choose to do something, something is better than nothing. And this is a conversation we've been having week after week after week about Brentford and the knee and all that kind of stuff. Yes, they may have made the decision, but you don't do anything. And yeah, at the end of the day, you know, you've got nothing to go on. If you do something, even if people aren't happy, you sparking some sort of conversation. So that's what happened last weekend. I'm very glad that we did that. And also to be honest with you, it's actually quite nice not to uh, not to be doing any social media for three whole days, you know, because you realise how much you are switched on to actually putting a tweet out or checking this or putting up an Instagram photograph or putting up Facebook posts and stuff. And it was actually a nice little relax, wasn't it, Laney? Yeah, it, it, it was. Or, or banning people for shouting abuse at you and PM, PMing. No, it's uh, yeah, you're right. It's uh, it, it, it was quite nice just to just focus on the game and then afterwards just just chill and um, and 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 now yeah 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 it was it, it, it I thought it was you know if we're going to use it social media I think it was a much much more social afternoon because we actually spoke to more people in the pub I think rather than sitting there like tapping away on the screen so yeah and um, I, I enjoyed it and uh, I'm glad uh, it, it seems to have uh, you know made made a mark well as you say it's not gonna it's not gonna cure anything overnight but you know as you say better to do something than not and I and I and I'd go one of the biggest regrets of of this season from me is watching my team stop taking the knee I I I think I'm I'm still I'm still embarrassed by that and I, and I think what the what the players um, have decided to do instead of that is is pathetic and um, I, I I I don't think our club has 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 done particularly a great job in in not forcing them but encouraging them to do something meaningful um, you know if if someone were to ask you Bill what are your what are your players doing um, to raise awareness I think you'd struggle now to to kind of to say anything positive i think i think they've i think they've they've uh i think they've let i think they've let let the side down to be honest so you know there ends my rant but um you know i, I think the players um should have should have uh stood up and uh be counted 
when you know again of same feelings as well i'm not going to go into this rent, rent as well before but like i said to you the, the people that use the marxist reason for me it's just an it's just an excuse it's absolute nonsense because 98 percent of the people out there are doing it because of the cause you look at the cause you don't start looking at excuses to actually belittle the cause but like i said to you we're not going into a rant about it because it's not about that now we're going into the end of the season but i just keep throwing these things in there for you people to just think about that okay think about that and stop going onto the daily mail and start believing what they're writing and the express and all these papers who try to divide rather than pull people together but anyway we shall move on laney we've got a match on saturday against bristol city so uh after the break we'll come back and we'll talk bristol city so bristol city i mean listen not much to talk listen i don't want to belittle the match i don't want to belittle bristol city i don't want to belittle brentford but like i said to you you know they're on the beach we're concentrating on the playoffs so it's almost like this game is more of an excuse for us to get together down the pub have another chat and a drink and just to just keep our fingers crossed that no one gets injured more than actually talking and 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 also get a few players in who don't normally play and see them have some good games so you think if they pop up in the playoffs then uh, we're going to be very happy for them that's that for me is what more this game is about rather than any result that we may or may not get out of it Laney what do you reckon yeah 100 percent that yeah it's uh it's, it's it's literally you know game management and uh and player management um We've got nothing to prove. We all, it's a game that we want to win. It's a game I think we still will win. Um, but you know, we, we, we are we've we finished third um, to get another three points. Again, it just sets that bar a little bit higher, um, and it and it gives us a, a, a better, more of a an indicator, a barometer of where we need to be next year. Um, you know, just the, the levels that are required, and uh, you know the the areas where we've fallen short. So it, it, it will be helpful um, to get another three points. It won't change anything ultimately, um, but I think it's just good to, as you said earlier, you know, be in a position where you, you're just not losing. I don't I don't think it will do us any harm if we were to lose, but I just think you know it's it's just quite nice to end the season on an unbeaten run. So I I don't think I don't think we will lose. I think we're going to win this game by two goals to nil, Bill. Yeah, two, goals, two goals to nil by Laney. And listen, and if you check back, I mean, if you, you know, if you fast forward to this section, if you can check back to a bit earlier when the winker, he actually talked about Bristol City and he talked about the way that they play. And, you know, again, I'm not trying to say this in a disrespect because I know a lot of Bristol City fans and, you know, listen, great, we had some great jokes with them, you had some great drinks with them. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it didn't happen this season, but, you know, maybe it might happen at some time in the future. So this is not a disrespect to them as well. But even they would say this, that this... They've, they've not been great this season at all. Obviously, they've got a change of manager. They've got Pearson in charge, um, who's come in charge. And they've been giving him, they've given him the gig after he hasn't actually run very many games for them, which is like really quite bizarre. So I don't think they're very happy with what's going on down at Bristol City. And some of them will tell you that Bristol City have just been really, really quite awful this season. They lost, I think, 4-1 to Millwall last week. And they said that they were just kind of just abject. So I think that, you know, I'm not do, saying it to disrespect Bristol City I'm just sort of saying as it is I think the Bristol City fans are thinking a we you know we're well and truly on the beach and b we've not really been at the races this season and I think they're probably thinking that if they didn't have maybe the, the games that they won earlier this season that they did that they might have actually been in sort of quite dangerous uh, relegation problems as well so that was just kind of panning it out with this Bristol City situation so that also might give us an idea as to where Brentford might you know should be pitching themselves 
you know, because if we don't want to be getting any injuries, maybe we should be pitching ourselves that we, we are throwing players into the middle who can actually just kind of just get some more game time and get out there and play in a competitive match. So my score prediction as well, quite similar to you, Laney. I think you went 2-0, did you? I'm going to I'm gonna mm-hmm. go 3-0, actually. Um, and I'm going to say that uh, Ivan Tony is going to start the game and he's going to score within three minutes. He'll get substituted. So there'll be Thomas Frank's earliest ever unforced substitution as well that's what i'm gonna to want to go for you think i can get i don't bet but do you think i'll get some odds on that and on sort of paddy power or something well sure you can get odds on anything mate i'm sure you can <laughs> i'm sure you can yeah, yeah. well I'll, I'll, be, I'll be happy with free yeah okay this is, so this is the besotted pride of west london podcast like i said to you we're coming into the players we're very much looking forward to that we're also looking forward to the match on saturday we're all going to the pub we're going to check that out like i said to you go to your local boozers and book yourselves up for uh past the 17th as well we can go inside give them all your support as well you know all the local pubs in brentford check them all out go and just get a booking and go down there and buy some food and drink and support your local businesses as i said so my name's billy grant and i sat here talking to laney today laney are you good afternoon Good afternoon to you too. We're playing uh, Bristol City and then we're going to the players after that and I'm going to be very, very excited. And as we say, we're going to sit around as we say... Come on, you bees. You bees. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.